jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive, and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation jam-packed show for you today. Two guests lined up for you. We'll have the Hall of Famer Floyd Little set to join us at the top of hour number two, one o'clock, as he does every Monday. And then coming up at 1230, we'll bring on Adrian Autry, the next installment of the Adrian Autry show coming your way tonight from Shaughnessy's from seven to eight o'clock. Seth Goldberg will be with the coach for an hour. We'll get him for about 10, 15 minutes today as we preview SU's regular season opener inside the Dome tomorrow night against Eastern Washington. Outside of that, phone calls welcome at any time at 315-437-7644. There will be plenty of time to talk SU basketball, Seth, but we have to begin with the 13th-ranked SU football team. I just came from Dino Baber's press conference. Uh, He spoke for about 15 minutes or so on the Orange as they get ready for Senior Day inside the Dome. One interesting note coming from the press conference, uh, after the game on Friday, win or lose, The team will go in the locker room for, he said, about five minutes, and then the seniors will come back out. They did it at the end of the game last year. They want to make it an annual thing. The seniors, one last walk around the Dome, a a chance for the fans to, you know, to applaud them, show their appreciation, and and there's a lot to appreciate, if we're being honest, about this senior class. Can we be honest about one other thing first? Uh, Don't worry about the lose part of this. Oh, we're not going to start the week saying that, are we? (laughs) I just did. Louisville's not good. Louisville is it? Louisville it, calling them a dumpster fire is an insult to dumpster fires. So we we all think Syracuse has trouble stopping the run. Uh, as long as you went down this path, <laughs> I want to throw out this stat: uh, Louisville is on average, on average, giving up 277 rushing yards per game. Rushing yards, 127th in the country in that category. Uh, they're giving up about 41 points per game. Clemson What's this Syracuse offense going to do to Louisville? Clemson hung 77. See, this is there. There are plenty of teams where you would say, "Eh, we can't run up the score." You feel bad for the guy on the other sideline. You coaches like him too much. I don't get the feeling Bobby Petrino is one of those guys. Bobby Petrino is not one of those guys, and this opponent is not one of those opponents. And Dino Babers brought this up. He was asked the question, you know, Notre Dame is two weeks from now. How do you keep your guys focused on Louisville? And he said, "Easy." He said, "We had him in this meeting room yesterday." And I, I showed them a graphic of the score from 2016 and the score from 2017 yeah, that's easy. and the amount of yards that we gave up, the amount of points we gave up. 
it, just to remind everyone, let's give it back. It was sixty-two twenty-eight back in in twenty sixteen. It was fifty-six to ten in twenty seventeen. That is a combined score of one hundred and eighteen to thirty-eight. Now, in no way, shape, or form is he talking about running up the score. He's just saying, I don't need to keep these guys focused. They haven't beaten they Louisville, focused, and, right. and they've been beaten badly by Louisville. And so, you know, if these guys can't get up for this game, and I know that Notre Dame is next, but if they can't get up for for this game, senior night inside the dome, national television audience, they're thirteenth in the country. We know everything that goes along with this. I don't think motivation is going to be a problem. That was Dino's point. Motivation is not going to be a problem when they see Louisville on the other sideline. Um, and again, we'll have a lot of time to get into this Louisville game. What was your biggest takeaway from Wake? Uh, my biggest takeaway is that what I said on Friday while you were out uh, was basically exactly right. That Syracuse's defense doesn't have to be very good. Syracuse's defense doesn't have to be uh, Kentucky's this year, you know, where where their offense can't score, so you need them to hold somebody to 14 points to feel like you have a shot. Syracuse's defense just has to be okay. And Syracuse's defense just has to keep the other team uh, in check so that the offense can outscore the other team. Because that's what happened yesterday, uh, or on Saturday. Saturday, they get down 10 points. That was well within the range of, of comeback uh, area for Syracuse to to take advantage of offensively. They, you know, they, they get those two quick touchdowns. They get right back in the game. And all of a sudden, you're not so concerned about that 10-point deficit. The defense allows 24 points. Okay, at times they looked really good. At times they didn't look so good. And you walk out of there with a big win over Wake Forest, and it, and it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I The more I watch this system, the more I watch it be successful this year, and I think that that is a, a very different and distinct thing that we have to keep in mind. The more I watch this system being successful, the more I think it's all based on just outscoring somebody. And, like, yeah, we can sit here and complain about the defense that gave up 50-something points to Louisville and 60-something points to Wake Forest last year, but, like, when things are going right, their offense is supposed to score 45 points, and your defense just needs to hold teams in the 20s or 30s. The thing that stood out to me, stuck out to me, um, is along those same lines, in that Syracuse showed it could win a different kind of game in a different manner, right? When we first got used to Dino Babers and what this system was all about, it felt like, well, it's, it, it, they just throw, pass, throw, they, throw. they throw the ball every down. You know, you jokes last year, don't even bother running the ball a single time, just throw, and I know you <laughs> were kidding. Last year they shouldn't have. Right. Um, they showed they could win a game when the opponent takes away the pass, and they can do it on the ground, and we, we saw that. I mean, against North Carolina and NC State, Syracuse had over 400 yards passing in, in both games. 480 against NC State, 406 against North Carolina. They only threw for 157 yards in this game. They ran for 264, and it was obviously more than that, and you, you subtract the stats. They ran for almost 300 yards against Wake Forest. And to me, that was an encouraging sign because that speaks to depth. It speaks to physicality. It speaks to your offensive line is getting better. It speaks to that you're not, and I, I brought this word up, and I don't know if this is the right word to use right now, but you're not a gimmick. Right when Dino Babers first came came here, I think the feeling was it's a it's a gimmicky type offense, right. and it doesn't feel like a gimmick. No, it it doesn't. I don't think it is. I don't think it does. I, I think that this year has kind of changed that perception. And to your point, this 
this weekend where they showed, hey, yeah, you know, we we've got a we've got this guy who, if if not for his throwing ability, would be a, a running back uh, in our backfield. We've got Mo Neal who who can rip off runs at any time. Dante Strickland could have nice games. Jarvian Howard, and we've also got a defensive tackle that we like to hand the ball off to. Uh, you know, and and all of them made an impact on this game. All five of those guys made a huge impact running the ball. Um, you know, I know you bring this up a lot, but Dino Baber says he likes to have balance. He likes to, you know, throw for 200, run for 200, and then build off of there. And I don't think that we've ever seen a game for him here at Syracuse where the running game really took over. I mean, we, we haven't seen a game like this where the running game was the the lead attack. Um, I think it's a good thing that we have. I think that it's a good thing that we know that weapon is now in your back pocket, whether that's because of an improved offensive line, whether it's because these running backs are better, whatever the reasoning is behind it, um, I think it's a, a very welcome sight. Uh, you know, as as you move forward through this year and, and into next year, Syracuse, we know, plays in the controlled environment. But you know where the, what, what's not a controlled environment, where you're going to be playing the last weekend of the season every single year or every other year? Boston College. You know what's not a controlled environment? Pittsburgh. You know what is not a controlled environment and has given you a lot of trouble in recent years? Wake Forest. So you're going to have to go and do this from time to time. You're going you're gonna to run into games where you can't throw the ball for whatever reason. This week it was because Wake Forest did a good job defending it, and if we're being honest, it, it looked like Eric Dungy was a little off to start the game. The combination of the two meant you had to run, and this is going to happen at some other point, so I think it's a good, a good thing that they proved they could do it. Last time they were at Wake Forest, there was a hurricane. They exactly. Could, they couldn't throw the ball. They finished with nine points. Now, again, I, I don't know if you know this team would have won that game back then. I would have liked their chances a lot better. I would like their chances with this team, with this attack, more than the one two years right. ago that went That's down. That's what I'm saying. They went down there. They were so heavily reliant on throwing it was the Amba. football. It was all Amba that year. Right. And this team has shown that it can win a game a variety of ways that it doesn't just have to outscore people. And I understand what you're saying and you and you're right. I mean if they put up x number Nobody. of points, the opponent if the defense is doing his job, the opponent's not going to get there. And I understand what you're saying and I we're kind of saying the same thing, but I I took away that this team this team can win even when it doesn't have its A game offensively. I don't think we saw its A game offensively. And they still they just, scored 41 points and they still got the win. Yeah, they changed what they they adjusted. And for the last 2 years it was all about going fast and trying to wear down your opponent and throw, 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 throw. And you didn't have the ability to run either because, uh, whether it was the running backs or the offensive line or a, a combination of, of several factors, I'm not sure they, they had this ability the last couple of years. They had to rely on throwing the ball. And we saw them flip the script in mid-game and say, no, you know what, it's not working today. The way they're defending us, you know, as you said, Dungy was a little off to start the game. Okay, we're going to adjust. We're going to run it down their throats. And they and ran they it to the tune of almost 300 yards. Yeah, and, and you know, I just to kind of go back to a point that you made, you said, I, I don't know that they, they just outscored them. And, and it, you know, I know that's an oversimplification of, of what I was trying to say and, and maybe trying to prove my point from last Friday. But, you know, the point still remains that, this team, with the running game that they had, really ran away from Wake Forest. You know, not not just, you know, ran away and gained a whole bunch of yards. They got into the end zone. They scored points. They kept up their scoring marks from previous games. You know, we talked about this last week. They'd scored on 58% of their possessions, you know, entering games this weekend. They scored 41 points. They scored eight times, uh, seven times. They still scored a whole bunch of possessions, and... 
you know, if you're able to do that, then you're going to win the majority of your games. It doesn't matter, you know, that the means don't matter. It's it's the fact that you actually get into the end zone. When things started to fall apart in the second half defensively and Wake Forest started to to get back into the game, it was 21 to 10 at the half and then you you know, you get you get ahead uh 28 to 10. Syracuse and, answered. Uh, right. Well, but not even that. Syracuse was already up 18 points. So you could afford to get into a shootout at that point. And and I guess that's what I'm saying. The, to me, this system is all predicated on on the offense. No matter how you do it, you've got to get points on the board. And so by the time that Wake Forest's offense woke up, and by the time that Wake Forest's offense in the second half put two touchdowns on the board, you already had an 18-point lead, and you knew, hey, okay, so our defense is going to give up a touchdown here. As long as we answer, like, we're good. And I, I think that's kind of what we saw. Yeah, and when you have when you play fast like that, there are going to be more possessions in a game. And when there are that many possessions, you can expect points are going to be scored. The defense is going to give up points just because there are going to be a lot of opportunities for the opposing team to score points. It's not realistic for this team to, you know, keep you below twenty points. You're right. You got to get thirty five or more. I think that's kind of the magic mark. Last year was thirty. The, the magic mark was thirty. If they got to thirty, um, you know, they would have had they a few more win. wins under their belt. Um, and, and I'm not. I'm not sure if the, what the number is. It's somewhere around 30-35 this year. I, I will say this. The, the other takeaway that I had, uh, no pun intended, uh, the takeaways. Uh, Syracuse. Do, do you realize, Seth, Syracuse has not lost the turnover battle all year? That's incredible. All year. That's incredible. In any game. They've had a, a few where they were even, um, but they have not lost the turnover battle in any game. And you go back to, to NC State, that game was determined by... A single turnover. There was one turnover in that game, and it was Finley's pick when he was pressured. He threw faster than he wanted to. Andrew Armstrong picked him off, and then Syracuse was able to run it in from there and, and close out the game. They were up a field goal at that point, made it you know 10, and that's what it ended up being. Uh, Wake Forest turned it over three times, and they won by you know essentially three possessions. Turnovers matter, and there are two sides of it. There's the defensive part, forcing the turnovers, obviously, there's also the offensive part, not committing turnovers, and Eric Dungy taking care of the football. And now back-to-back games, he's had no turnovers. Syracuse has had no turnovers. Makes a huge, huge difference when you're playing close games. And for a while, the weight game was close. I mean, that game yes. was was in doubt until, you know, fourth into the quarter. fourth quarter. And if it's if the turnover battle's even, who knows how that thing shakes out? Instead, Syracuse wins at plus three. They win by three possessions. Makes yeah, and, a big difference. And, and I think that your your point there is something that Dino Babers said last week following the NC State game because I think that anybody watching that game, Syracuse fan, NC State fan, just college football fan, just general sports fan watching that game would say, "Wow, these two offenses are playing at a high level." And Dino Babers made the point after that game, and I don't remember if it was Saturday or Monday of last week, but he said. When you have a game like that where guys are just flinging the ball around the field and there was only one combined turnover, for Eric Dungy to have the game he did and be aggressive in the way that he was and not turn the ball over, that's unbelievable. That That is really, really impressive and really difficult to do. And to your point, Syracuse on the season, their turnover, their plus in the turnover margin, they haven't lost it all year. Plus 12. That's that's an incredible mark. And when you're plus 12 in the in the turnover margin, it means you get more possessions, and it means that when you're scoring it uh, at a 60% clip, more or less, maybe a 55% clip after this weekend on possessions, you're going to get more points. 
You know, if, if you've got 12 extra possessions and you're scoring on 55% of your possessions, that means you're going to go score on seven of those 12 possessions. At the very least, that's 21 points. It's probably closer to 50 points. And the percentages are going to go up when you have a short field. Like right. the fumble that they recovered at the 10-yard line. I mean, that's a, that they're gift-wrapping them at least three points, if not seven. And and so that's that's going to help matters across the board. You look back at the, at the pit game. Why did they lose the pit game? Well, they couldn't stop the run. Turnovers. But they turned it over three times, including the last play of the game when Eric Dungey threw in an ill-advised pass under through, uh, I think it was Nikeem Johnson was. in the end zone, yep. and the pass is picked off. He, he had the fumble that was returned for the touchdown. Just game-changing plays that if those things had not happened, you know, Syracuse is 8-1 is and one right now. In any event, we do need to take our first time out, but full lines are open at 315-437-7644. We've got Adrian Autry set to join us in 15 minutes. We're just getting started on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're back after this. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. We've got Adrian Autry set to join us here in about 10 minutes from now. The SU men's basketball team with the regular season opener set for tomorrow night inside the Dome. So we'll talk some basketball coming up with Red. But in the meantime, we continue the football talk. And and we saw something on Saturday, Seth, that, that we haven't seen in a while. And that is Syracuse won a football game in the month of November. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Obviously, the first reason that comes to mind is... Injuries. We've seen Eric Dungy go down each of the last Novembers, uh, not finish a game in the month of November as a result. Dino Babers 0-8 uh, in that month since taking over as SU head coach. But we saw a win on Saturday. Does it mean anything to you other than, okay, you know, we can stop talking about that now. Does, is it significant to you in any way that they went on the road? BB&T Field, not an not easy, an place, easy to place to play. Not an easy place to play, obviously. Um, does it mean anything to you other than we can stop using that stat? Um, see... Part of me says that's such a fantastic stat. I mean, I mean that's inc- that's remarkable that they hadn't won a, a November game in in three years. The last time they won a November game, I was a student and Scott Schaefer was still head coach. Um, that's unbelievable to me. Uh, the bigger thing is what you said second, which is they went and won a they they won a road game. They won a, a road conference game, and and the last time they won a road conference game was the week after the Virginia Tech win. And and I mean, think about how long ago that. That Virginia Tech win feels like it, it is. It, it feels like it's a, a really long time ago. It's only two years ago, but that's a long time to go without a road conference win. They they didn't win one last year. They didn't win one uh, the rest of that season in 2016. I, I think that's the bigger thing. You went on the road and you beat a quality opponent. Um, and and I know Wake Forest is not good, you know, by ACC standards, but. You, you beat a Power 5 opponent on the road. I think that matters. I think it matters that you beat Western Michigan on the road earlier this week and that earlier this year. Uh, those kinds of things, to me, kind of show progress. And and aside from the fact that they're already at seven wins, aside from the fact that they're in the top 25, aside from, you know, whatever ob- other obvious uh, progress f- uh, benchmarks that you want to look at, this is one. They went on the road and they beat a, you know, a decent team. And... You know, got a win. They they went on the road and played a team in, in a Power 5 conference, and they were able to get out of there with a win, which is not something you could say for the last two years. I'm going to give you another benchmark. I don't know if you saw my tweet over the weekend. Uh, do you know the last time that Syracuse took the field inside the Dome as a top 15 team in both polls? Uh, well, was it the... Uh 
the the Tory Holt NC State game, or am I am I looking at the wrong one? It was because that's that's the high. This is the highest they've been since they played NC State in '98. I know that. Yes, so it's two weeks prior to that. The NC okay. State game was a road game, so it was actually oh, okay. the week before. 98, McNabb's the quarterback. It's uh, It was Rutgers. It was week three. Okay. They they took the field that day, 13th in the country. They won. They moved up to 11th. Then they went on the road for the game that you're talking Sorry, about oh, against right. NC State. Lost that one 38-17, dropped out of the top 15 and then didn't make it back in the rest of the season. Even at, at the end of the year, they were ranked uh, 18th when they took on uh, Florida in the Orange Bowl. It has been 20 years. Yes. So you, you joked, you said my senior year in college is the last time that you know Syracuse went on the road and, and won a game in, I was in four, November. That I, was, was, I was four years old uh, when, when yeah, that happened. I was a senior, uh, senior in college. So that, that gives you an idea of how long I'm old. Uh, it was a long <laughs> time ago, 20 years ago. Is the last time Syracuse took the field in the dome as a top as a top team. fifteen team in both polls? It changes Friday. That's a long time. Has there? Uh, this will take even more digging, and and this is a question that I should have looked up before I had asked. Has there been one of these weekends where they've played football game, basketball? When's the last time they've played a football game, basketball game, back to back days in the dome where both teams have been? That I don't top, know. Top twenty five. Is prob- I, I, I was going to say, it's probably around the same it time. It probably is. I, wouldn't I, you think? I think so. I looked earlier today, and I, and I saw the last time that the football team was ranked higher than the basketball team. Um, it, it was basically just the last time that they were ranked. It was uh, November 17th, 2001. Basketball was the preseason uh, 20, uh, 21st ranked team, and Syracuse football was 14th in the country. So, uh, you know, you're, if, you're, if you're looking at that kind of stuff, which, I mean, we're in football season now, we can. Uh, we're in basketball season now. We can look at, at these, you know, miss, uh, you know, matchup numbers. It's it's remarkable to think how far bas- uh, the football program has got, come that they're they're finally back in that kind of discussion. It is remarkable that this team is the 13th ranked team in the country. And they've benefited <laughs> yes. from a lot of teams losing. But the, for the second week in a row, they've made the biggest jump of anyone. Says a lot about where they are right now. Yeah, that, look, let's let's not deny the fact that they've benefited a lot by what the other teams have yeah, done. And, sure. and you just pointed it out. They they really have. Um, they have won. They've continued to win, and they've continued to win as nearly everybody else it seems in the country continues to lose. Um, that benefits you. If you keep winning, you're going to keep rising. Uh, I think they're going to get. They might be higher in the. The playoff poll than they are in the AP poll when it comes out tomorrow night. Playoff poll, obviously, like Syracuse, they were higher they, last week. They do, and they they were 19th, and 14, 15, 16, and 17 all lost last week. So they could really make a big jump uh, in that poll. All right, we got to take a timeout. 315-437-7644. We've got Adrian Autry set to join us right after this. Keep it here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.